G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, an increasingly important issue to talk about uh, in that question, can an evangelical Christian lead a modern secular political party? And uh, David Robertson, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, listen, it's, it's great to be back with you. I mean, I wish I was on for the next segment because my question, you can put this to John, is if God made Scots, why can't they speak properly? <laughs> I'll try and remember to put that uh, to him. He's, yeah. His name is Mackay. There might be a Scottish ancestry Mackay, in there too. yeah, I yes. suspect there's a... Yeah. <laughs> hey, you've been in demand. Uh, there's media, yeah. uh, the BBC and American media, they've been seeking your insights around what's developing in your homeland of Scotland. I mentioned a Christian politician in Scotland. Uh, give us a little insight, a bit of background for Aussies who are not really following the Scottish politics. I'm astonished that any Aussie is not following Scottish politics. <laughs> <It's> obviously, <laughs> I thought you were a cultured lot. No, listen, um, uh, i tell you why this is important. I mean, before people kind of switch off, I would say this is incredibly important because in this case, Scotland is the canary in the coal mine for the whole Western world. Because um, this could be true for Victoria, for New South Wales, we've got elections coming up um, for the, the, you know, all of the states in Australia and, and for the federal government, where you get to a stage where someone says, these are the progressive values of our state or our country. If you do not share them, not, not just share them, but if you do not affirm them and celebrate them, you cannot be elected. You're not, you're not even allowed to stand and that's a very important thing. So that that's why I think this is important for this. The background is very simple. A young woman called Kate Forbes, who's actually a friend of mine, um, she's 32 years old. She's a young mother. She's remarkably intelligent, had a remarkable career, uh, is the Scottish finance minister. Her, She's in the Scottish National Party, which is the ruling party. She, um, Her boss resigned. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon resigned. And Kate Forbes, along with a man called Humza Yousaf, who's a Muslim, and <clears throat> another woman called Ash Reagan, are standing to replace her. Now, Kate Forbes is way the favourite until she was interviewed. Um, and the people who did the interview, they knew this. This was a, you're a journalist, so I'm sure you'd never do this to me. This was a gotcha question. Mm. Uh, so they said, during the same-sex marriage debate, would you have voted for same-sex marriage? And she just looked at the camera and said, no. And it was like, People were shocked. I mean, it was an honest politician. That was the first thing. Everyone knew that was the the answer, and they expected her to avoid it or to lie, but she didn't. And then, if you'll forgive the language, all hell did break loose, and she's been attacked, and you know, lots and lots of different things. Um, I've written about this quite a lot. I've done interviews for it. But here's the astonishing thing: all the kind of commentary at all the the press, all the media, expected her to back down and to resign. She didn't, and as of today, she's actually ahead in the opinion polls. Um, which it's it, so it's highly possible that um, an evangelical Christian will end up as the leader. Now, I still think the odds are slightly against her, 
Um, my colleague and friend across in Perth, Steve McAlpine, wrote a, a blog piece yesterday saying, you know, a, a Christian could never be a leader of a Western political party. And I phoned him afterwards and said, Steve, you may have got this one wrong. There's been a backlash. So it's it's very interesting. This is a very interesting scenario and of great relevance to Australians. We might take some great encouragement from that. Now, the whole Nicola Sturgeon issue, uh, she basically perhaps took a wrong turn on her stance on trans issues. And that's what's created this, as you call it, a canary in the coal mine. And uh, and now here's opportunity for change. Uh, it, interesting the way that Nicola Sturgeon had to basically or uh, decided to stand down. But it's created now this question that we're asking today. Yeah, so what's... Is, uh, Nicola Sturgeon, for some reason, and I think it's um, genuine ideological reasons and also being out of touch with people, basically said, we are going to put forward a self-ID thing. Now, for listeners in Queensland, this is what's happening in Queensland just now. Um, and it will come elsewhere too. And what that meant was that you, instead of having a, a medical assessment, um, you could just self-identify as, so I could say that I was a woman. And a lot of women's groups... Um, uh, I, I think of my favourite Australian feminist, Jermaine Greer, <laughs> and others, have pointed out how unsafe this was for women. And Sturgeon said, no, 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 no problem, until we discovered that um, a woman was, a man was in a women's prison for rape uh, because he identified as a woman. Uh, and this man, who, whose name is Bryson, he basically said he was a woman under the... And Sturgeon could not bring herself to say that this rapist was a man. And the vast majority, 80% of Scottish people, thought this was ridiculous. Um, and so that's one of the reasons. It's not the only reason. It's one of the reasons that uh, Sturgeon went. Now, your listeners, uh, I think you'll be really interested in this. Kate Forbes was asked, what is a transgender woman? And she said, a transgender woman is a biological man who wants to be a woman. Now, that is an, an absolute obvious fact. Forbes was reported to her own party for hate speech. Um, we have hate crime laws in Scotland that are just coming into being that if you said that, you can, be re you can go to jail for saying that now. But it's a straightforward fact. That's what it, a, a trans person, and this is to say nothing against trans people, a, a trans woman is a biological man who thinks he's a woman or wants to be a woman. Um, and yet that's the situation that we're coming in, in in our culture now. On this one, I think Kate Forbes is really on a winner because the vast majority of people go, well, yeah, well, duh, of course, that, that's common sense. So Kate Forbes, of course, is a woman, uh, but she's not the right sort of woman. And this is where the woke issues and the environment uh, politically really get just so uh, muddied in the waters. Uh, not the right sort of woman. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, because there might be women listening to our conversation today saying, you know, am I going to be barred from any influence in my own state, in my own nation, or in my just my local community? Well, here's the fascinating thing. Kate Forbes is a woman who can say what a woman is. Nicola Sturgeon proclaimed herself a feminist and couldn't say what a woman was. You know, it, it's uh, when you get to the stage as a woman is somebody who feels like a woman. You know, I'm going, no, nah, that's not really how it works. You know, I feel like a genius. It doesn't make me a genius. 
I feel like a millionaire. It doesn't make me a millionaire. And and what does it mean even to say, I feel like a woman? Because then you start doing a whole load of stereotypes. Do I go, well, you know, my name's David and I'm a very emotional Scot, so really I must be a woman. You know, it's 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 like, it, it's it's madness in that degree. I think that what Forbes has done, I mean, he's an even more astonishing thing. A number of years ago, she wrote on my We Flea blog, an anonymous article, it had to be anonymous, on the role of women in the church. Now she belongs to a church, the Free Church of Scotland, like Sydney Anglicans, who um, don't think, think that women can solve uh, leading a congregation in the Presbyterian setup. Kate Forbes, as a young woman, wrote defending that. The way um, the media somehow, even though it was anonymous, got hold of this and it was plastered ac across the front pages. Um, but the very interesting thing was the response was, well, hang on a minute. I thought church and state were separate. Why are you in the state trying to tell us how we should run the church? So I do think there are a whole bunch of different issues that come in here. But the most significant one is a poll that came from um, the Theos think tank which said that up to 50% of people in Britain thought that if you were an evangelical Christian, you should not be eligible to stand for high public office, which is an astonishing statement. And worse than that, or maybe not worse than that, they actually thought it was only 40% um, who thought that if you were a Muslim, you shouldn't be able to stand. Now, it... it where have we come to in a Western liberal democracy where your religion prevents you from standing for parliament? And people in Australia may laugh and say, oh, that could never be the case. Um, I'm not so sure. I think we're heading that direction. When the political agenda changes so dramatically, David, uh, I know you've been reflecting on issues as to the outcomes uh, in a whole lot of different policy areas, including the poor. Uh, when you've got a, a hijacking of what's important and replacement with a woke agenda, what are you seeing as some of the consequences to that? Well, I think what happens, so, let, let, I mean, let me, I'm, I'm sorry for speaking about Scotland all the time, but you realise Scotland is the centre of the universe. And I've just been reading a biography of Lach Lachlan Macquarie, who is, of course, a Scotsman. Uh, I've been down in the Shire and so on. So, I mean, all Aussies will recognise the importance of the Scots for Australia. But if I go back to the, the Scottish National Party, they're meant to be a party for independence. Some of them are now arguing that just as important, if not more important than independence, are the woke issues, are the identity politics issues. And I think you will find the same here. So what you can see is, let's say you, you say that you're left wing or socialist. Well, the idea, I grew up in, in an environment where I was, was that, and it was meant to be about caring for the poor. But now it's about sex and sexuality issues. And I think there's an enormous danger there for on all sides, on whatever your political views are. So for me, um, as Christians, we need to be really aware that I, I don't believe Australia was founded as a Christian nation. But I do believe that Christianity has had an enormous influence and the system of liberal democracies, Western liberal democracy has come out of Christianity. And I think if we reject the Christianity, what will happen is we're going to end up losing uh, the liberal democracy part. We're going to be told if you don't have the right views, you can't vote. If you don't have the right views, you can't stand for parliament. And those views will be determined. 
not, it's not a theocracy. It won't be determined from scripture or anything like that. There'll be views that are determined by whatever elites happen to be in power at the time. Here we are as Christians, and we're happy to be identified as a religious group. Uh, you've got the wokeism, the uh, the politics that is now sort of, uh, you know, uh, finding its way to the surface, as you're describing. It almost, and perhaps not even almost, you might even have your own comment here, David, but it has a religious flavour to it as well. And so you've got the Christian in the mix, and the Christian then becomes a heretic to the woke politics. Thoughts here mm-hmm. around uh, around what's happening with, uh, with things in Scotland? Yeah. Um, n- number one, in Australia, you have, far, uh, you have a lot of Christians who are involved in politics, which is really very impressive. Um, Greg Sheridan ha- has uh, a marvelous book on God is called God is Good for You or, or for Society, and he he talks about the number of uh, politicians who've been greatly influenced by Christianity, and I, and I think we we do have a significant number on that. You go to the national prayer breakfast, you see that. So I think that's important. I think it's not all doom and gloom, but I also think we've got another problem: is that there are people who would define themselves as Christian but who don't follow Christ or who don't uh, follow what he says in his word. And that gets very confusing. I remember one time being called into a parliamentary group in in the UK and the politicians were there and there were six of us, uh, you know, Christian leaders supposed to be. (coughs) And the point, one of the politicians made the point at some point, he looked at me and he said, David, how are we supposed to take advice from you? There are three of you here who absolutely agree on what the Bible is and so on. And then there are three of you who, who just go all over the place. And his point was absolutely correct. And I think division in the church has caused a lot of problems. I find myself in a very strange position. I'm an evangelical Presbyterian who works for Sydney Anglicans. And probably the group that I agree with most in, in social issues are the Catholics. You know, so um, it was funny. I was saying about Greg Sheridan. Greg is the foreign editor of the Australian. He is Catholic, and um, he and I are friends. And I remember he was speaking at an event in a Catholic. I think it was in the Catholic bookshop actually here in Sydney. And um, and he began his introduction by saying, "One of our departed brethren are here, um, and I want you all to listen to him." You know, and uh, I. There seems to me that there's a what I would call a co-belligerence in a lot of these issues. So you find the two archbishops, the archbishop, the Catholic archbishop of Sydney, <coughs> and the Anglican archbishop, working together on quite a lot of issues like um, the, the gambling machines and so on. So I, I do think there's an opportunity for us to be involved as Christians in different political parties, holding true to the word. But I think there is an alternative religion that we have to. Uh, be aware of and that is I'm not talking about party politics here I'm talking about the progressive uh, which I actually think is regressive the progressive ideology I think it's a religious ideology and it's fundamentally anti-Christian it's always very good uh, to operate with co-belligerence, uh, the thought that no matter what yeah. Christian flavour you come from, uh, you've got a contribution to make because what's happening with the woke agenda is that it is uniting Christians, and that can be a good thing, uh, that unity that we can have together. Uh, it does fall apart, though, as you're describing, uh, David, when you've got some who will hold to their Christian faith 
and will declare their faith in Christ through thick and thin and others who are happy to compromise that faith. Uh, you've had some thoughts around the idea of you know, uh, Christian politicians who try the don't ask, don't tell policy. Uh, even to the point of denying their beliefs. Well, that makes you pretty useless as a Christian leader, doesn't it, if you just can't hold to some of these principles that shape who you are? Yeah, so uh, the analogy I use is this. People say, well, it's good to get a seat at the table. But if you don't get any say in the menu, it's, doesn't, it's, it's irrelevant. You're just a spectator. And so here's, I mean, here's the interesting thing about Kate Forbes. There was another um, Christian politician in the United Kingdom called Tim Farron. He was the leader of the Liberal Party, and uh, liberal in the United Kingdom means different from Australia. It, uh, liberal in Australia means conservative. Um, in the United Kingdom, it does mean liberal. Um, and uh, he was he kept getting asked. He was an evangelical Christian. He kept getting asked about gay sex. Is gay sex a sin? And of course, it was a it was a gotcha question. He didn't answer. He didn't answer. And then he did answer. And he answered. To be honest, he would admit this. He answered by denying what he really thought. And it finished him. I mean, he ended up resigning because every, everyone knew he didn't mean it. Kate Forbes, on the other hand, what she's done from the beginning has just been straight. She's not raised these issues. I mean, the, for example, the issue of same-sex marriage in Scotland, the Scottish Parliament is not going to abolish same-sex marriage. This is a question of identity and personal belief. And she hasn't... She, she What she did was just straight up and honest. And my view would be... Christians should be straight up and honest, and we should follow Christ. And if it ends up costing us our political career or our jobs or even our families, then so be it. You know, we, we have to, that's what we have to, I was at a Bible study this morning with some lawyers, and we were very much looking at that, that whole thing, the widow going into the temple and giving everything she had. And I would say that Christian politicians need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves, but they need to realise their first loyalty is to Christ. And, you know, it's easy to point at politicians. They make a wonderful opportunity for an illustration here. But just to take this personally down to every one of us listening into some of these words here, because uh, there'll be some listening who are thinking, well, uh, you know, when I'm turning up at work today and there are policies that my workplace has that compromise my Christian faith, uh, what are your thoughts here, just briefly as we close off this conversation, for how this affects all of us? There might be role models in politics uh, they might be bad role models even at that, but how that affects us all in the way that we're conducting our daily lives? Well, uh, thank you for that question, Neil. I mean, uh, it's impossible to be brief, so I'll just simply suggest this. I would, I will say, you know, the wisest serpents harmless as doves. I would say um, if people want to talk about this in terms of their own personal situation, please feel free to, to go onto the Ask website and just send me a question or email me. I'm, I'm happy to do that. I think this is a key fundamental issue. How do we bear witness in a hostile environment? And I guess I'm just going to go with Peter, 1 Peter 3, uh, 16. Always be ready to give an answer or a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That implies that people are going to be asking you questions. They're going to ask you questions because you're different and because your life is different. But we have to be ready. And I think that, you know, shows like yours um, and what Christian Radio is doing helps equip us in that. So 
God bless you for that and thank you for the conversation. And thank you, David Robertson. Let me point listeners to the Ask Project and uh, David's very serious. You can ask a question and he will respond. Ask.org.au ask.org.au ask is about evangelism Uh, David's working with Sydney Anglicans Uh, he's a Scotsman as he says Uh, he's a writer for newspapers magazines he's also the author of a number of books you might be able to access those too online at online booksellers or through the ask.org.au website David thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020 it's been a joy and privilege as always Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.